Bush and Richie here with your Daily Takeaway podcast. Got a hell of a show ahead of you. Uh, as part of that show, we're going to be delving into Richie's bag and looking at the incredible amount of items got in there. Without giving you a spoiler, one item that's in there is like a hairbrush that a lot of our listeners go on to think looks like something you might have your shoes shined with. Mm-hmm. And it's weird that we should be talking about shoes shining because when was the last time you shined some shoes? And I can't even say it properly. This is the thing. It's all gone to pot, isn't it? Because everyone's just wearing trainers these days and all that kind of stuff. No, no, we, don't, we don't dress as smart as we used to. Well, my other half, Katie, is obsessed with this thing of looking after shoes and cleaning. Apparently her dad used to do this thing every evening when the when the telly was on, he'd finish his tea, shine everyone's shoes for the next morning, even like the, you know, her and her sisters for school the next day. Uh, so she, Katie, shined my boots the other... It's not a euphemism. <laughs> the other day. And I, I felt really bad because I'd never, ever cleaned my, you know, conv- you know, my, um, what do you call it, Doc Martin boots yeah, ever. Yeah. Uh, and maybe maybe there's a wider point here that's the subtext of tonight's Hometime Show is that we don't look after our shoes properly. I used to have to shine my shoes for school. You, what was it called? A Dobbin or something rather. That that's what have. some people have been saying. You're, um, that's it, yeah. You, your brush looks like dip yeah. it in a bit of Dobbin. That's it. <laughs> <laughs> dip it in a Dobbin, give it a clean. Okay. And Katie did that with yours. She did indeed, bless her. She's game. This is Bush and Rich's Daily Takeaway. So, look, there's been something going on within this group, within this home time show family for a number of years uh, i kind of see it each and every day here at work but i've never really like thought to ask about it and today that's all going to change because i think amongst all of us we've noticed and i, I mean myself and producer nick and producer adam producer harry we've noticed that richie comes into work with what can only be described as an incredibly big rucksack <laughs> <laughs> kind of one of those bags that you would see a plasterer or a electrician with like bleary-eyed on the tube first thing in the morning <laughs> But and I've never really like sat down and thought. Well, what is he bringing in? What's in that bag? Now you you got quite defensive because we we're talking about it just in the, the, the before the start mm. of the show. And I've, I've written this down because I wanted to quote you on it. You said absolutely everything in that bag is needed. Yeah, correct. Yeah, nothing's over the top. <laughs> nothing's over the top. Well, should we? I mean, if the if the listeners don't mind, I feel like we need to get on with this uh, and, and deal with this before we do the rest of the program this evening. Would you be up for us just having a brief look uh, in terms of airport, airport security? Yeah. Go through your bag. Cards on the table. See what's in there. Okay, I'll put the bag on the table first. Listen to the sound of that, folks. <laughs> it's big. Everything's needed. Okay, all right then. So bit by bit, and let's just see. And, and you know what? If it's all needed and required, then absolutely fine. We'll mention it again. Let's go. Uh, glasses. Fair enough. He, he wears glasses. Tim Key's book. We're interviewing him later. Needed. I haven't got mine. Uh, <laughs> what's price? Uh, some hand cream. Fair enough. Okay, that's the front pocket done. Actually, this is not a bad start. This is oh, fine. Thank you. Uh, iPad. Okay, watch stuff on the train home. Yeah, thank you. Right, now we're getting to the main bit of the bag. There's quite a few different zips on this bag. Uh, what's in here? Headphones. Headphones? Fair, again, fair enough. Uh, hoodie, because if we have a picture taken with Tim Key, I've got like quite greasy arms at the moment, so I thought I'd want to cover them. Do you want to clarify the greasy arms thing for people? Well, the, the, the next thing is this. I've got a, a big tub of uh, paraffin, which I'm having to... <laughs> having to put on my arms at the moment because I've got bad skin. It's called, what's it called? That's a brilliant name. 50-50. Brilliant. 50% liquid paraffin, 50% soft paraffin. I'm not, I've not been vaping whilst we've been on air as a result. <laughs> no, I'm really flammable at the moment. Hold on a minute, what's this? Uh, it's a puffer jacket. In addition to the hoodie? Uh, yeah, because okay. later a bit cold. Uh, mouthwash. A whole pot. <laughs> a whole pot of mouthwash. Not a little one, a whole posh. Uh, but a bottle of it. You never know when you're going to need fresh breath. You really are trying to impress Tim tonight, aren't you? Uh, hairbrush. Just sorry, can we just say that one more time? That's not a hairbrush. Hair br- that's a hairbrush. You brush a dog with that, you don't brush a human with it. That is a gentleman's hairbrush. That uh, is not. Kent, one of the most reputable uh, brush manufacturers that you'll ever find. I would say uh, dog or horse, at that, the very least. That's that not a human brush. Ha- that is a gentleman's well, hairbrush. Well, we haven't got time to get into that. Uh, 
Um, four plug adapters. Four adapters, everybody. Uh, a lot of... <laughs> More <laughs> wiring than I've ever seen. Apple wires. <laughs> uh, and then in the back... In the back... Just when you thought it was all over, there's one... Backbook. You must, they must weigh an absolute tonne. So you've got a hell of an inventory in there. Oh, and... There's more. Down the side, there is a... There's an old iPhone that I need to, like, just see if I can get any money for it. Are you on the run? <laughs> Are you sure you're not, like, trying to get to the ports or something like that? <laughs> well, there's a lot to take in there. That's um, all needed. That is a lot. You're surrounded by stuff, literally. You've got literally, to pack it away now. You know, like, when, when Avon and Somerset Police show, like, a haul of weapons they found? <laughs> that's what it looked on a table. Uh, of all the stuff that's in the bag that I carry around daily, and I swear there must be other people who have to live a professional life like myself, who have to carry around a bag fully laden like that every day... What are the items that you've got a problem with? What what shouldn't be or needn't be in there? The, what what of the twelve items we yeah, counted? Yeah. Uh, for me, it's the hairbrush that's clearly for a dog or, or a horse. It's, it's not; it's a gentleman's brush, but that's by the by. Uh, the four char- charges of different eras yeah. that you've got there, the ends, and then you've got seven or eight wires, which all is hypocritical because there are many times where I've come to the rescue of you uh, with one of my you charges. Have. Has anyone got a charger? Has anyone got a cable? Has anyone got this? And then it's just the, what I would describe as the uh, on the run items, such as the. <laughs> mouthwash and then that burner phone you've got on the side <laughs> hidden in like a compartment but you know let's let's make something of this because i think in life you're either a bag person or you're not a bag person so we're both bag people we bring bags into work yes but our, our, our beloved dave barry from the breakfast show he just comes in looking fine and dandy in a, in a suit saunters in a, a fine suit no bag like crockett from crockett and tubs <laughs> yeah. pop into the shops yeah so, I'd, I'd always rather be a bag person uh, right michelle what are you always carrying around oh um it's a uh... Um, a VI poo um, spray. VI poo. Yeah, it's um, well. I think the last word kind of tells you what it could be. Yeah. Um, it's when you go to the toilet, you might be cut short, a bit of a surprise. You just spray the spray down, you know, the toilet. Yeah. Um, before you go to the toilet. <laughs> I've literally never heard of anything like this before in my life. You've never heard of VIP? There's an advert on the telly for it. Do you know what? I've I, I've never had one, but I think what I, I think I've seen it advertised, and I think the yeah. science behind it is. Correct me if I'm wrong, Michelle, because you carry one. Yeah. Um, yeah. You spray it down onto the toilet before you take care of business. Proper sit down toilet. Yeah. Proper sit down uh-huh. toilet. Yeah, yeah. And then yeah. there's a scented yeah. film that then goes over it, and what drops yeah. underneath is not able to then permeate back out. Why, why would you buy one lavender. of those, though? Why, why yeah. would you buy one of those, Michelle? What's made you buy one? Well, you know, I go to quite a lot of functions and things, so you just never know when you need to go, and there might be a queue of people behind you, and you just don't want them to recognise your face afterward. Do you know what, Michelle? Do you know what? I'm going to support yeah. you on this and say that is an item that I need in one of my side pockets. This is not what this is about. We're not adding <laughs> stuff to that collection. I'm going to carry that around. You know, Please, we... honestly, don't don't leave home without it. It's one of it's my fears that. coming out of a, a, a trap here, <laughs> and you so you know, yeah. someone. Exactly. Oh, I hate it. Gives, it gives you that inner confidence, and you walk out with a swagger as opposed to a head down looking yeah. at the floor kind of thing. What what started and what I thought would be a great investigation into Richie carrying too much stuff means he's adding to his inventory. <laughs> I can't believe this, Michelle. You you need it though. It's so as important as deodorant. I promise. Yep. You won't regret it, I promise. The Daily Takeaway.
Bush and Richie's Daily Takeaway. Jace is another person, carries a big bag like me every day to work. I'm a trade plate driver. In my bag currently, phone holder to attach to the windscreen so I can use a sat-nav on the phone. Ice scraper, head torch for inspecting cars in the dark, woody gloves, a hat, everything that goes with being a delivery driver of cars. Do you know what? There's one particular item that you do carry around with you, which we just heard about in that, that first bit of the show, that we need to deal with more in detail. And that's and we've had a couple of messages in about it, and we'll be dealing with that very shortly on the show. But do let me remind you, you've only got until today to enter our competition to get free tickets to the amazing gigs featuring uh, Keen, Ash, Last Dinner Party at the War Child gigs. The gigs start next week and will raise money for the charity which protects, supports and stands up for children affected by conflict. And you can enter now to win at absoluteradio.co.uk slash win. This is the Daily Takeaway. So one thing in particular that um, has kind of focused everyone's attention, we did that kind of inventory earlier on of what you got in your bag, was your unusual hairbrush that you carry with you. Just explain what it is again. It's, it's a gentleman's hairbrush. It's a Kent hairbrush. Gentleman's hairbrush. Circular wooden brush. Well, I'd say it's, it's, it's an oval wooden brush uh, with, yeah, like yeah, kind of, I guess, sort of like horsehair bristles. Well, there, there's the rub, isn't it? Because I suggest it might be for animals. Uh, lot, the internet's gone wild over this. Uh, Tracy says, oh, wow, I haven't seen this kind of brush since the 70s. My dad had a set of them in a travel bag with space for shaving cream and brush, etc. There's a theme there. Taz says, my dad used those. He's the only person I've ever seen using them. He said he used to use them when he uh, used to have a DA haircut so he could get more brill cream in his hair. There you go. Good Elvis look. The duck's backside. Chris says, it looks like a brush that I used to polish my shoes before Cub Scouts with. And here's the best one. John says, that hairbrush, the Kent hairbrush, was Patrick Bateman's choice in American Psycho. Oh, right. Just saying. The plot thickens. <laughs> The Daily Takeaway. Bush and Richie's Daily Takeaway. The noise of the past. It's Bush and Richie's Sound of the Decades. Absolute Radio Noughties. That's right, it's all about the noughties now. After We were a bit gutted, actually. We thought our, uh, our sound from the 90s were going to roll and roll and roll. Maybe no one was ever going to get it. Yesterday was exactly three weeks. So, well, let's hope this one has a good run as well. Yeah. Uh, this is the sound effect from the noughties that uh, you guys have got to guess what it is. Have a little think back to that decade. Any ideas? Uh, well, first guess, let's uh, meet our contestant today. It's Holly. How are you, Holly? I'm well, thanks. How are you? We're good. Uh, Holly, where are you calling from and how has your Thursday been? I'm calling from Craigie in the West Midlands. Yeah, it's been OK. Been to Aldi. Oh, brilliant. Oh, wow. Any any little things that you've bought? Give us a little idea of what you've been buying down there in Aldi. I've brought another houseplant to add to the collection, which my husband's just there. Middle aisle <laughs> job, was it? Sorry, uh, no, it was right at the entrance, so a uh, bit of a change for me. Couldn't resist, went to Aldi, came back with a houseplant. <laughs> and what are you doing this weekend? A little eye on the weekends then, Holly, what are you doing? Yeah, I've got Bottoms brunch uh, for a friend's birthday. So there goes the neighbourhood. <laughs> so, well, the, the rule, I've never been to a bottomless brunch. You just, you're just allowed to drink and eat as much as you want for a certain period of time? Ridiculous. Do you get, like, a I wristband, like, when you go swimming, and if they, like, the, the blue band, you have to get out now? <laughs> Is that how it works? I'm, I'm really not sure. It's my first one, so I'll let you know. Oh, it's your first oh, one, right. Holly. Come on. Come on. Come on. We weren't born yesterday, Holly. <laughs> <laughs> Now, Holly, uh, when you enjoy the Home Time Show, which we trust you do, uh, what of Absolute Radio stations do you listen to it with? Uh, just regular Absolute. Regular me. Absolute. Vanilla Absolute. What yes, about that? Right. Uh, but, well, we're, we're in the noughties with this brand new sound today, so let's have a listen for everyone who's uh, not heard it yet. Here we go. Sound from the noughties. Uh, Holly gets going. What do you think it is? I think it's the iPod wheel that chooses your songs or the menu on your iPod. Let's have a listen. 
You don't think it's like a dolphin or anything? <laughs> Actually, to be fair, dolphins have been around for ages, not just in the noughties. Yeah, and like Flipper what really wasn't a noughties programme, was it? No, he wasn't, but uh, he was a good lad, Flipper. Let's have a listen one more time. How sure are you, Holly? I'd say 99%. Quite <laughs> Very rare that we have people on saying they're that certain. <laughs> this lady's not for turning. Let's find out. You're a winner and you've won. No. <laughs> wow. Wow, after that run of the 90s uh, <laughs> sound absolutely confusing everybody, first person on for the noise, you got it right, it was indeed the little wheel on an iPod. Oh, excellent, thank you. <laughs> After the run that the 90s had, we've now got a run on our digital radio. We're running out. Yeah. <laughs> uh, well, what about it? You've won yourself a digital radio. How do you feel, Holly? That and Houseplan, what an amazing Thursday. I'm just really happy. <laughs> uh, Holly, do you want the digital radio signed? I announced earlier it would be signed. It doesn't have to be. Yeah, go on, go for it. Go on, go for it. Fair okay, enough. We'll take that. Okay, so where does this leave us now? Uh, it leaves us uh, needing to get a new sound <laughs> when it returns on Monday. Best of luck. <laughs> this is Bush and Rich's Daily Takeaway. Well, it is a real honour to welcome to the show, uh, as we try out a new seating position here on Home Time, the brilliant Tim Key, who is Richie. Uh, it's three o'clock, our dear listeners. Richie's about seven or eight inches away from uh, Tim's right arm there. Just uh, He's close. He's I, very close. I've he's too close. Des- I've described it as unnervingly close. Yeah. Probably for Tim and for me. Do you feel comforted by it or are you a little bit perturbed by it, Tim? I, I think it's horrible. <laughs> I, I'm, I, I'm not enjoying this at all. <laughs> but you've just met, so you'll get to know each other. Yeah, it might be that as well. But he is, he's all over me, isn't he? He is a little bit, yeah. <laughs> I got a bit jealous over it. The other side of the desk. Uh, good to have you on the show, Tim. Uh, how are you doing? How's things? Uh, I, I said uh, incorrectly as you walked in that you had a good colour about you, that you, I think maybe you'd gone abroad, oh, I wasn't, but you like, refused. pushing that. back on it. I just, I just couldn't, you know, you can't lie. I haven't been abroad. <laughs> okay, fair. If I had, I would have held my hands up. <laughs> well, I we did shake abroad. hands. All right, okay. Yeah, and I will again, hopefully. Um, how would you want to be introduced? Because you could be listed as a as a poet or a comedian or an actor or a writer, and we all cherish you as as psychic Simon. But I'd I'd, I'd want to, you to be introduced as to how you would want. And there's so many different ways that one could. Yeah, voiceover artist. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Extraordinaire. Burger King, with any car, <laughs> Kit Kat. That was my first one. It's, I, a, it's a lucrative market, though, that, isn't it? It's not bad, is it? That's about, yeah, I'm not going to say the figure. <laughs> you know, you know, Go Compare singer. <laughs> yeah, the pretty... Go Compare singer. Oh, yeah, he's done all right for himself, hasn't he? I know. Well, he's a proper opera singer, isn't he? Well, they've done a whole origin story now about him as just a normal guy yeah. in the adverts. I'd is... like to work with him. Yeah, he seems like a nice chap. What's he called? He's, pr- he's probably got, like, he's probably called Yayan or something. Isn't it? No, P- it's not Paul Potts. Isn't it? What's to do no, with Cambodia? He's a guy. Oh, right. Um, and, yeah, my friends work with him. He's a, he's a real talent. He's, he's a Welsh a, guy, isn't he? He's a nice yeah, chap. Yeah, he's a generational talent. Yeah. But, you know, pins the old moustache on, there's another 20 grand. I bet <laughs> he's been that. on holiday. Are you genuinely telling me that the, uh, that's not Paul Potts? That's Paul Potts was the guy from uh, Britain's Got Talent, uh, the Bristolian guy, the singer, right? Wynn Evans, apparently. Wynn Win Evans. Evans. Needs Love to be that. more Wynn. That's for yes. sure. Um, uh, Tim, you obviously show the, the fun and joy of poetry. We're going to talk about your brand new uh, book or book of poems, chapters in a second. But um, when I was at school, I'm sure Richie will go along with this, when poetry was wheeled out as part of English, it was always a very stuffy and dusty affair. Do we teach poetry wrong in schools? Um, well, I kind of remember t- learning poetry when I was like, you know, 10. I quite like that stuff. Did you? Yeah. Like Keats and stuff no, like that? No, 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 no. It was like colouring in a dragon and then reading a poem about it. <laughs> <laughs> no, not Keats. I don't think I've read any Keats. 
Yeah, because that's stuff I had to do I'm in school. interviews and someone says, and, you know, Keats, done. And I'm like, I, you know, I have no idea who those people are. Oh, right, OK. I don't think I did have to study those people. Kipling. Yes. I like the if, the if poem. I think I did that in, like, my GCSE uh, English exam or something, quite possibly. Yeah, that's decent, that poem. And there's a guy called Carlos William Carlos, or William Carlos Williams. Yeah, William Carlos Williams. Yeah. Have you... Have you get I've... William Carlos Williams up. He's fantastic. Our producer Nick, aka Gears, on the screen yeah. over there, if bringing stuff up. It, it, Gears, man, can you get um, a poem called? Um, it's about plums. Just type in William Carlos Williams plums. That's my favourite. I think he might end up with an HR incident if he giggles out of work. <laughs> it's a bit different to the Paul Potts, isn't it? <laughs> it certainly is. Yeah, this is very highbrow. But I think that's the only poem I really remember from. Yeah, here we go. Producer Nick tilting the screen. Oh, I'd love to. Shall I read it? Do it. Do yes. it. Do it. I have eaten the plums that were in the icebox and which you were probably saving for breakfast. Forgive me. They were delicious. So sweet and so cold. Wow, that is powerful, <laughs> isn't it? I'm well oh, enough. I think that's pretty good, yeah. I think it's about losing your virginity. Anyway. <laughs> in your face, Keats. Who needs Keats? <laughs> <laughs> But like, um, you know, where, do, you, do you remember where your love of poetry started? Where did oh, it all well, begin? I, I actually do remember um, going on holiday to Ibiza, and I think <laughs> we were probably like 20, 21. I don't know what was going on. I mean, we were not Ibiza kind of people. But um, anyway, we were sort of sat around the pool, and I do remember sort of there was like five of us mates, and I do remember us writing poems. I don't think any of the other lads were doing that. <laughs> <laughs> Having been to Ibiza recently, we went, didn't we? Yeah. It, it, it was a very un-Ibiza. I didn't see a lot of people doing poetry <laughs> around there. No, I think we were sort of, you know, sort of on the margins of Ibiza, really. Well, there's people doing lines everywhere, but not necessarily writing <laughs> yeah, a poem. Yeah, exactly, yeah. Um, so, I, yeah, I think that was... I, I don't think we went to a phone party, but... <laughs> yeah, we certainly sort of wrote little limericks and things like that, but definitely amusing ourselves. And I guess... Yeah, it's not, probably not the answer you wanted, but, you know, that's that's the one I've given. <laughs> it's in Ibiza, by swimming pool. <laughs> um, my favourite poem is Nightmail. Uh, I don't know, you won't have heard of that. What is that? Well, you might have heard of it. I think it's by Auden, and it's all about the overnight mail train oh. from London to... He's a train buff. I'm a train buff. Oh. But when I'm flicking through Tim Key chapters... Lovely. Um, I suddenly see there's a poem called... The Elizabeth line. And I'm thinking, ha, oh, brilliant. I, I love a bit of rail poetry. This is in your wheelhouse. I turn yeah. to it. It's not about the purple line, is it? Yeah, that's quite a good play on words, isn't it? Mm. That's the cue to see the dead queen. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Late queen. Yes. Well, both. Corpse of the queen. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Thanks yeah. for clarifying that, Tim. We appreciate that. <laughs> but then equally as well, the book, there was another one that I saw. Yep. Uh, there was a great uh, poem about uh, you're going to see a test in Nottingham. And I think there's a little look to uh, wisdom, uh, if people are cricketing yeah, fans, I, uh, of the, the front of this. Someone else said that to me the other day. It is very wisdom. Mm. I agree. Is that that yellow cricket book what I've picked up in Waterstones before? That looks interesting. Scroll through it and thought, oh my God, what is that? It's just numbers. Yeah. Scrolled. <laughs> Interchangeable term. You've not seen me read, have you, Tim? Um, yeah. I, but, I mean, I, you know, we don't want to get sidetracked, but um, I like that kind of book. I'm You're obsessed a, by the statistics. Oh. I love it. Yeah. Really? Just... In cricket, I love that. People's averages. I'll happily not have the... I mean, I like to watch the cricket or listen to the cricket... But if neither are available, I'd happily watch a screen with someone's average going up by, by 0 0.02. Bit of Duckworth Lewis. Yeah, a bit of Duckworth Lewis. Yes. You've already said that you went to um, 
uh, Ibiza to write poetry. Uh, uh, now, hang on a minute. Well, no, no, no. I don't think we went there to I, write poetry. I think it would stand up in court. I, we went there with hope in our hearts and ended up writing poetry. <laughs> <laughs> would, your, would your nerdery with cricket, would you, would you ever have listened to Test Match Special, for example, and scored in a scorebook Oh, very good. No, never got into the scoring. Oh, I know people I who did. That is stats. But I, I do love Test Match Special, mm. and I did get very... Yeah, I got into cricket by listening to it in the in the car with my dad, putting Radio Four Long Wave on, going Precious. on long car journeys to France, and gradually the signal going. Yeah. <laughs> England falling apart. The, yeah. the signal <laughs> falling apart. Yeah, I have a, a great love of cricket from that. Uh, Tim, do you, do you think there's a higher barrier to entry in terms of starting to write poetry? So, for example, if if you hear that a friend's writing a book, you think, "Oh, fair play, good, good on them." But if a friend turns around and tells you, "I've started writing their, my own poems," you think, "Right, who the hell do you think you are?" Yeah, is that it's unfair, isn't it? But it seems like there is. I don't think there's like yeah, it does feel like you're a bit full of yourself if you're writing a poem. Yeah. But then I think you're a bit full of yourself if you're writing a novel. I've got friends who do that, and like, yeah, get over yourself, don't do that. <laughs> and they and they're quite good novels actually, but um. Yeah, I think even with my... I have a literary agent and, uh, you know, I'll say I'm going to write a book of poems and his face. I mean, I... <laughs> I don't think Crestfallen. A, it really is, yeah. I don't think there's a market for it per se, so I think I've come at it from quite a roundabout, circuitous route, as in start doing it, do it because I love doing it, do them on stage and then do them on Instagram and then gradually just sort of by sheer... Um, f- forcing it through, really, eventually say, now you have to read a book of it. To- forcing it through the Tim Key story. Yeah, That'd be yeah, great down the line. Through, yeah. um, are you in the frame for being Poet Laureate? Any chance of that? Um, no, I don't think so. Okay. Just like that. <laughs> Can have you do any more to. <laughs> <laughs> I, think I'm ad- I think I'm anti-establishment. Okay. So they wouldn't go, you wouldn't. Nah, I don't think so. They like it when you're sort of pro-establishment. Is, is there or, any one poet, lo- poet laureate? laureate? Yeah, must be. Laureate. I think the they Elizabeth can't, they can't walk amongst us. What was that? They can't walk amongst us. Can <laughs> no, I, I don't know everywhere. whether it's like a, some form of a no, I think chain and a scepter. I or... think it's a guy called Sam, Simon Armitage, isn't it? I'm not sure. These know. days. Who's great. Yeah. I think the Elizabeth Lyme poem might well have ruled you out yeah. of um, Poet yeah. Laureate full stop. Well, I actually wrote about ten poems about um, the Jubilee. Yeah. You know, and... Um, I felt like I thought they hit a decent tone. I mean, but I think there was, you know, I think they were for people who the Jubilee was a great celebration of yeah. um, the Queen's reign, um, and a lot of people got really into it in the old face paints and yeah. the street parties. But I think there was like a subsection of people who were sort of quite pleased to read some poems that weren't quite coming from that angle. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Understatement of the year. Um, it's your third anthology. Would it, would it be fair to describe, I mean, an anthology, a, a, a collection of greatest hits. It's really your third greatest hits album. If this is, if you were a musical artist, we'd be lauding and celebrating you. Now that's what I call key. Yes. Oh, that would be good. Yeah. Yeah. Tim well, Keys. Oh my God, that'd be so good. Yeah. Musical. Well, I kind of feel like this is, um, yeah, I did two about the lockdowns. That was the thing. Yeah. And I, um, you know, that was sort of my kind of salvation in that period was to sort of write about what was happening. And I was really proud of both of those books. But, I mean, after a while, you, you, you've got to stop talking about the lockdown. Because <laughs> that's five years ago. So, <clears throat> uh, four years ago. So, yeah, this one is kind of liberated and is just about anything and just hopefully is, like, lighter and can go anywhere. And uh, it's not... It is a greatest hits in it to the extent that it's not got a theme. Mm-hmm. But also, it, they are pretty much all from the last kind of 
18 months. And it literally could go anywhere, because this would slip in a jean pocket, well, I would say. Well, you know what? That was the starting point of the whole thing. When I sat down with Emily Juniper, who makes the books, mm. and we said, let's get a book that... I just like the idea of someone, somewhere, reading this book in a pub or on public transport, where they've taken the book in case they have to wait for someone, basically taking it instead of just looking through, scrolling through mm. their phone. Thanks very much. Yeah. So I kind of, that was always the plan, is that maybe you can take the book and just dip into it when you have five minutes at a bus stop yeah. and stuff like that. Uh, and what's your view in terms of how poetry's put together on, on, on rhyming? Is rhyming still a thing in poetry or is that, is that, uh, is that overrated? Uh, I think there's a lot of people who can do that. I can't really rhyme. Okay, so your rap career, pretty much dead in the water. I just find some of the things you want to say, that the words sound differently at the yeah. end of each line. Yeah. You sort of go, well, there's a nice bit of grass, I think I'll mow the lawn. And you just go, well, what can you do? <laughs> <laughs> That's a good point. I never it's thought not my fault. <laughs> no, I wasn't having if a go. If lawn rhymed with grass, we'd be in business. <laughs> um, but, but no, I sometimes like... Uh, in, in this book, there's like two, I think, that rhyme. Maybe one, actually, I'm flattering myself. Um, once in a while, I do one that rhymes. But um, it's pretty impressive when you see... I've tried to write a sonnet once, and that's chaos. I mean, I spent about, well, hours trying to write this What sonnet. are the rules of a sonnet? Um, it, it's, I think it's... Um, uh, maybe it's 14 lines long. Right. And it's uh, in iambic pentameter. There's a lot going on. There's a lot going on. And then I think at the end it goes. Does it start with there was a young man who? That's what it is, isn't it? Yeah. And yeah, I tried to do what I wanted to do. This is when the when the lockdown was on. I thought that'd be quite good, just to suddenly, in amongst all of this kind of you know easy stuff and like. You know, just to suddenly drop a sonnet, I thought that'd be quite impressive. <laughs> but actually, dropping a sonnet is uh, is not that easy, actually. <laughs> Keeping hold of the sonnet is, is what it is. And it's a sort of half-finished Word document. <laughs> <laughs> so you've never really thought about putting your talents to music, then? Yeah, I have. You have? Oh, yeah. Um, so um, there's a... There's a uh, group of people called the Horn Section. Do you know them? Yeah. They're Alex, Alex Horn's um, acolytes. And at one point, um, me and Alex um, decided to write a, a, um, some children's songs. And so I wrote a children's song, gave it to the horn section. Mm -hmm. They turned it into a song. Oh, great. One of my favourite things. So oh, you were a recording fantastic. artist in many ways then. I am, it? yeah. I mean, it, it, I, could, I could send you the song and you could play it on your radio show. Brilliant. Well, didn't we you to our boss, Paul? Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh, it's not, doesn't it? I mean, it's, it's for children. I mean, it's lovely. It's called Jones. It's about a guy who's got a friend called Jones. Well, sound, that sounds like it would be playlist I on Absolute Radio, doesn't it? Next, sure. yeah, 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 yeah. That would be great. They're always playing in boxes. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Well, uh, we'll, we'll come back to you on that one. Yeah. Uh, uh, Richie mentioned a bit earlier on. Uh, obviously, your your much loved role as sidekick Simon uh, with on the Alan Partridge. Um, uh, what if, if an actor gets to, to play a Star Wars role? Is is that the, the similar kind of thing getting to be on such an iconic British yeah. comedy? I'd say program? it's exactly the same. The same as Star Wars. Uh, uh, yeah, I'd say in British comedy, it would be like being in. Uh, you know, a reboot of Blackadder or something? Mm. Yeah. Or Faulty Towers? I mean, it's like part of the the infrastructure of British comedy. Yeah. But then it's also my my era. It's my zone. Mm. So I was watching that when I was 
16. So to be in it is kind of a bit bananas. In the movie, uh, you guys captured perfectly this kind of, you know, thing that we've been through here, this element of commercial radio, the, the local stations kind of dying out a little bit and been taken over by these big media organisations. So North Norfolk FM, whatever, is going to be taken over by Shape. That's it, The way Shape. you want it to be. Wow, yeah. The amazing jingle. Yeah. Um, uh, and, and so... You must have a kind of an insight on that. You, did you grow up listening to that kind of local radio? And because you captured it so well in, in the performance, CNFM. Oh, is that what it was? <laughs> CNFM plays the best music. And actually, if they phoned you in the in the morning uh, and you said CNFM play the best music, then you win a prize. That sounds like we've got something similar you know right what? here <laughs> on that we radio. Went, we went to. I remember going. We, we were going on to play football. Uh, I was in the school football team and uh, you know, captain, no worries. <laughs> anyway, uh, we were off to a match and uh, the PE teachers, there's two two PE teachers and PE teacher A uh, said, probably shouldn't tell you this, but um, uh, he phoned up PE teacher B that morning and PE, PE teacher B picked up the phone and said, CNFM play the best music. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, it's Mr. Green here. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. What does CNFM stand for? What's CN? Uh, Cambridge and Newmarket. Not quite what I was expecting. <laughs> Cambridge and Newmarket. Um, but yeah, no. But to be fair, you've given me a bit too much credit because that is obviously all generated by the Gibbons brothers who write it and Steve Coogan. But they're very, they're very smart at that stuff. They're clever. Yeah. They're clever people. But I think they captured it perfectly. That 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 vibe and the sort of the whole. Art, um, art direction of the whole film, where you just go, yeah, I know exactly what this place is. <laughs> and co-hosts can struggle with relationships, can't they? Oh really? yeah, yeah. It's, it's, yeah. How, how do you two rub along these days? It's, it can be tense sometimes, but I think we, we bum, bum, bumble along, don't yeah. we? I have had it where I've gone to, you know, promoting a tour or something, and you go to local radio, and these people are very scared of me. <laughs> <laughs> they're just—they're literally their one thing is thinking. Uh, Am I Alan Partridge? Am I Alan Partridge? Am I Alan Partridge? <laughs> 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 and, and Tim, will you be involved in... I, we, we've seen some teaser adverts of Partridge returning to our screens. Yeah. Uh, will Sidekick Simon be in the programme? Uh, well, you know, I never know. I mean, I hope so. I think so, but you, you never know. You never know. This, the, these guys are somewhere else, probably actually somewhere in London, maybe, <laughs> scribbling away, and then at some point, you know, I'll get the call or not get the call. <laughs> but I'm open to it. Well, it's, it, it's sort of it feels like it's one of the things that's very difficult to there's no thought that goes into it if they say would you like to do it I just kind of have an instant flashback to talking to my sort of 17 year old self yes. the idea of saying to him yeah, yeah. I think I'm going to quit this stuff <laughs> and then he'd be like I, you're not doing that you're, you're doing the show yeah. Yeah, you have to be psychic Simon <laughs> so yeah um, I don't know but hopefully Amazing. It's been brilliant to see you and uh, looking forward to getting into uh, Wisdom, sorry, uh, chapters. Yeah, it's a, it's a direct rip-off of Wisdom. What a thing to end with the there. <laughs> it's out now, but also there's an audiobook, I should say, as well, which is beautiful. Um, Naomi Parnell, my friend, has produced it and uh, Katie Wicks has brought Emily Juniper to life and uh, that's out as well. You can get that if you go through my website or go somewhere. Amazing. Just go somewhere. Just go somewhere. somewhere. Yeah. Sort it out yourselves. Yeah. Uh, Tim Keith, thank you so much. Appreciate it. Thanks for having me. This is Bush and Rich's Daily Takeaway. Uh, it's time to change the English language. Or at least add to it. Yeah. It's find a word for. There are loads of things that happen in life that, weirdly enough, there isn't actually a word for it in the Collins Gem English Dictionary. We're trying to put that right each Thursday night on Home Time. And boy, have we got a scenario for you to work with tonight. And it's this. We want you to find a word for that thing when your eye 
inexplicably twitches. If you have that, uh, you, there's no word for it. You can't say to someone, I've got this, because there's no word for it. Now, right this now. is something that you and I both suffer from a fair bit, isn't it's it? The terrible. number of times we've had to say to each other, by the way, I've got that thing where you, you, your eye's twitching, and I, uh, hopefully you can't see that I'm doing it, because it feels like I'm winking at you all the time. Yes, it's a lot of explanation. Yeah. And it's a terrible thing, because it, it, it adds context, an unwanted context to anything that you're doing. So if you say to someone... Fancy a cup of tea in the other office? Yeah. It feels like you're winking at them. <laughs> exactly. It's horrible. It's horrible. But there's no term for it. So if we can come up with that tonight, at least it takes out a little bit of the awkwardness. I'll, I'll get us going. I'll start, start us, us off. off. Okay. And then you do yours. Um, uh, I've gone with optitch. I like it. It's good, isn't it? Because it's an optical, optical, but it's, it's like an itch. Oh, I thought you could say Twitch. No, twer- op Twitch. Both works. Yeah, they work. Yeah. The only thing I've got written down badly in my terrible <laughs> handwriting on this bit of paper is lobe strobe. <laughs> I like that. Is it, is it an eye lobe? What is a lobe? That's the bit that oh, it's your ear, isn't it? from your ear, yeah. I'll retract that and I'll go back to work on it. Can you do better? We want a word for that thing when your eye inexplicably starts twitching. Imagine if your ear started twitching as well. <laughs> I'd have to seriously call 111. <laughs> Actually, is 111 the ambulance or is that the police? If you No, 111 is the thing if you're a little bit ill. We've got Russ on the line. Russ, what should it be called? Um, yeah, so I think it should be a, a yicker. Right. Short for an eye flicker. Yes, eye and then icker, flicker. Yep, y- yicker, Y-I-C-K-E-E-R. So the it's an eye flicker, but you're taking the, the letter Y from the word I... Yeah. Yep. And putting it in front of Flickr for a y- <laughs> for a yicker. It's like um it's like a new company that's gone online doomed to fail because they have to spell their own name in the advert. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So your eye is yickering. Yickering, yeah. Yeah. Sorry about that, I've got a yickering eye. <laughs> I like it. It's good. You have to explain it, but it's good. Once you, once everyone's got it, it's good, Russ. I like it. Thank you very much. <laughs> This is Bush and Rich's Daily Takeaway. Glimmer Shimmer, Guy the Plumber, coming up with that for the old twitchy eye. I do apologise for appearing to wink at you. It's a Glimmer Shimmer. Which sounds quite nice. It's kind of take, diffuses the situation. Yeah, I think so. Keep those coming in. Uh, in other news, have you listened to Absolute Radio Sisters yet? It's Emma and Rachel Station. They won it on the Dave Berry Breakfast Show. It plays the music of the millennial. So big sing-along songs of the 90s and noughties. You can also listen on the free Absolute Radio app on our website or actually smart speaker to play out. Absolute Radio Sisters, and this Absolute Radio Sisters were sibling rivalry matters. This is Bush and Rich's Daily Takeaway. Thank you for your brilliant intel on Find a Word for. We're after a word for that situation where your eye twitches inexplicably. Um, Mark earlier uh, texted, and uh, he's texted again. I give you pupil potations, and you speak on the show to that yicker guy. Well, we have we've had buyer's remorse on the Yicker fella because the more we say it, the more it doesn't work as a word. So, but pupil palpitations are very good. So that is the word for the inexplicable twitchy eye. There you go, Mark. You moaned about it, you big baby. Now you've won. This is the daily takeaway. Just one more thing about the contents of my bag as we uh, we, we we finish off this particular episode. Right? right to reply. Thank you very much. Now we spoke to a lovely lady called Michelle um, <laughs> with the uh, with the VI poo. Yeah. And you didn't have a problem with that. No. But you did have a problem with my mouthwash. Now, as as Michelle rightly said, you never know when you're going to need to go to a public toilet and there might be colleagues around and all that kind of thing. Use the old VI poo spritzer. Yep. It's all good. <clears throat> now, that's my logic with the mouthwash because I like eating Marmites. If I have, like, a Marmite sandwich or something or other for lunch... Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, and then suddenly we get told, oh, important meeting, and I'm thinking, Marmite breath. 
If I've got if I've got the mouthwash, yeah, yeah, yeah. There you go. It's just the size of the mouthwash. I think that's the problem. It looks like um, a lava lamp. It's that big. Can I tell you one other thing though? And yeah. apologies if you're having your tea. I'm just going to be completely brutally honest. Having taken the Mickey out of uh, Michelle in the show you've just heard about um, VI Poo, mm-hmm. I went for. Uh, proper sit down toilet yeah. during a song right okay. in the in the show this evening. I thought you'd gone a while, and the cleaner was cleaning the loo right next door, and I couldn't leave. <laughs> so I thought I'm not coming. I'm not having that conversation. And I thought to myself, if only I had some VIP. <laughs> so Michelle, I apologise. <laughs>